Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome. Uh, you are here for the Run to Daylight podcast. I am your host, Todd Burrows. And I have a returning conquering hero in Derek Cardi as my guest this week. Um, I want to also thank my friends over at the FFPC, their draft-a-thon, where they give $50 for every draft that you do ends today. The main event last I looked was down to two entries left for the live only in Las Vegas. Football Guys is getting close to 1,000 left and about 450 left in the best ball tournament. I'm up to almost 130. I still have a couple bullets left to fire at the second contest. So come join us. Say hello. Um, always like competing best ball against you guys. So say hello if you get in there. Derek, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. I think this should be fun. Yeah, it should. So uh, I want to start the the podcast up front and saying, you know, you and I have done podcasts before, and I've heard you do many, a few with Blender, where, you know, you kind of go through all the reasons to trust projections. I feel like in 2021, we should be past that, and that we should just accept that projections, while not perfect, are the best way if, you know, the one thing that Blender got through my head last year as I continued to uh, listen to him was that you have to trust the projections, right? And what ends up happening a lot of times, Derek, uh, and, and I'm not saying you can't tweak here or there if you want more of a guy in your lineup. You know, um, we, you know we've talked about median projections and how median projections might always not be exactly perfect for GPPs. But in general, you need to trust the projections, correct? Yeah. I mean, it's like you said, it's 2021 and we shouldn't have to tell people that projections are good and math helps you do better at fantasy sports. Uh, there's still lots of people out there who don't believe that. And uh, to them, I'm going to say thank you for your money, because if... Uh, if you're not using projections to some extent, you don't have to use them as gospel. Like, like you said, you can tweak, like you can do, use them as a tool, but if you're not using right. them to some extent in your process, you're either losing money or at the very least you're leaving money on the table. Like you have to use projections because that's like math is good. Yeah. Math is good. I mean, even these archaic NFL teams Literally, they they sit down at a, a, a you know a table with their pet dinosaur. Um, most of these teams are at least even Dave Gettleman is paying lip service to using <laughs> analytics. So, um, how much more should we be in fantasy sports? So, what we're going to do today, rather than focus on whether projections are good, we're going to go into a deep dive on how to use projections and what you get with a purchase of the bat. So, um, you know, the last two times you came on, Derek, we discussed your best ball background and helped, how it helped you form the bat. What did you see when you started the Blitz that made you think you could take your knowledge of modeling and apply it to the NFL? 
Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, sports are statistically driven. Um, football is a little bit less so than baseball. Obviously, in certain instances, sample size are smaller, variance is a little wider. Um, but at the end of the day, we're still using statistics and a lot of the same techniques that you can use for projecting baseball players, which I've been doing for, I don't know, 10 or 15 years now, you can use for football. And I've been doing it now for the last last five years or so. And, uh, you know, obviously football offers its own unique challenges. You need to develop like new math to address certain things in football that don't exist in baseball. Things like game script, is that's not a thing in baseball. Um, but really a lot of uh, a lot of the same principles and concepts, mathematically speaking, apply to both. Correct. And, you know, I, I remember a couple years ago, I was the year I made over oh, about $20,000 on main slates. I was building uh, single entry lineups that were for GPPs and I would throw them in my cash games. And that was probably about, you know, 60% of my money each week, that one lineup. And I was, you know, as a challenge to myself, I was taking on all the key guys in the industry I could get cash games against. And the only guy that consistently beat me that year was you. And it surprised me because, you know, you were, you know, I, I kind of poo-pooed the blitz the first year or two because you weren't a, quote, football guy. Um, and um, that and, you know, again, Blender telling me last year, that you know your projections were the main ones that he leaned on. So I've switched to the blitz as my primary source of projections this year. And you know, how is but just how has the transition gone from baseball to football? And what do you think helps separate the blitz from some of the other projection systems that are out there? Yeah, it's gone really well. Um, you know, the blitz kind of hit the ground running and and was just crushing, you know, right, right from day one. And it took a little, you know, it took a year or two for people to kind of notice and get over the, Oh, well, Cardi's only a baseball guy. He's not a football guy. It's like, it's all math guys. Uh, I know sports. I grew up playing them, watching them. Um, you know, it's not like most fantasy analysts, you know, have like a really hardcore football background where they've been, you know, coaches on the sidelines or they've gone to like scouting schools or anything like that. Like everyone's, everyone's just a guy who watches football. Um, and I'm a guy who watches football and is really good with numbers. So um, I think that's really helped me a lot. And I think actually coming from the baseball side has helped a lot with, uh, with football because there's a lot of concepts when it comes to projecting baseball players that people who project football players, like <laughs> hard, I know they're not considering, they're not doing, um, you know, like, well, a like lot that of time, philosophy. what's that? Well, like that philosophy. No, well, yes, but also, also just like... Uh, <laughs> it was just a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, uh, that philosophy isn't going to be one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like a lot of times, I think when you talk about like football projections or football models, it's like, well, I'm just going to take his, uh, you know, his, his YPA and his, you know, adjusted quarterback completion or like whatever fancy stats he has, EPA... Like, I'm just going to throw them into a regression model. And then that, that's my, uh, that, that's my thing. Um, but it misses so much of, of the nuance of players and it completely um, ignores the, the importance of, of variance and sample size in baseball. We can measure exactly 
how noisy every single statistic is. And as far as I know, most football people aren't doing that. They're just saying, okay, well, last year, you know, Patrick Mahomes had these numbers. And so I'm going to assume that he's kind of going to have these, these numbers. Um, but you have to account for the sample size. If a guy missed part of the year, his sample size is smaller. You can't buy into it as much. Every single statistic has a different level of noisiness that you need to account for. You know, um, uh, you know, a quarterback's completion percentage is going to be a little bit more stable than his, you know, than the, the yards after catch that his receivers get or that type of thing. And if you're just kind of using like one all encompassing stat, you're missing the nuance of the noisiness of the various components that go into that stat. Um, aging curves are something that get talked about a lot in baseball circles and really don't get talked about a lot in football circles. Um, as far as that, that I, didn't, I didn't catch it. Asian circles, a aging curves, like, uh, aging like how, how players age, oh, right, like right, right. How they change from age 27 to age 28 to age 29. Um, and, and it's talked about in broad strokes, you know, running backs wear down as they go, go along in their careers, like whatever. Um, but I don't, I've never seen anybody actually try to quantify it for football to say, okay, for this statistic, for this type of player, um, for this, you know, age, this is how players change from, from age to age. And, and that goes into my projections and, uh, and accounting for context in baseball, we know context is so important because we know the context matters. Yeah. That you know, was, ballparks and weather and umpires. And it matters for football too. You have game scripts and field position and down and distance and uh, opposing defense and weather. Weather, man, no one talks about weather for football and it's so important. And so I think a lot of these things that that I was already doing on the baseball side, I bring to football and, and it's stuff that other people aren't doing, I don't think. Well, and, and you know, most of the people that I talk to who more hand model, I would say, um, when they talk about weather, it's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It does matter. Yeah. Right. You know, instead of, yeah, it's not something that should make you off a player, but it could still affect his projection enough to where an optimizer, it might be the difference between you getting 30% of a player or 20% of a player if the wind is 15 miles an hour, where most people would just say, well, it's 15 miles an hour. There's that magic 20 mile an hour, <laughs> um, you know, um, that that is when we start worrying. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's really it's, good to hear that you're accounting for that in the blitz. Yeah. And, and that that's always so crazy to me. It's like, OK, well, I'm only going to start paying attention to wind when it's over 20 miles an hour. It's like, well, okay, well, what if it's 19 miles an hour? It doesn't matter it, because it's not 20. It doesn't matter. Like 19 matters just a little bit less than 20 and 18 right. matters just a little bit less than 19. It's a, it's a, it's a continuum. It's a scale. It's not a magic number. And, uh, and that's one of the great things about projections in general is that you can account for that nuance. You don't have to have these like broad rules where it's like, okay, I'm just going to account for it if it's over 20 and I think it's going to do this. Like, no, we know exactly what 13 miles an hour wind does compared to 14 miles an hour wind. So I'm going to preface, I mean, we're going to go into how to use uh, projections for best ball a little bit because uh, we're still at the tail end of the best ball season and, see and season long drafts. Um, but I do want to say once we get into and really dig into uh, the features of the Blitz. And the goal of this podcast is to go deeper into what Derek does than maybe even he's done with some of his content, or at least get really close. And the reason is, 
I have curiosity myself and I want to be better at understanding the product that I paid for and to be able to apply it better. That being said, projections are just the first half of the skill set. It's very important that you also learn how to use an optimizer. Yes. I did some podcasts last year about my journey and rules and how, you know, how how much I didn't know. And I, I you know, I was popping projections in and I was using them more to funnel my, you know, as a back check against my single entry, what I felt like I wanted to play that week. I incorporated models. But I really feel like the next level, if you really want to be a good DFS player, understanding modeling uh, enough to trust them and then knowing how to take an optimizer and make it your best friend is what you need to do to be a better um, DFS player. Uh, Derek, I, I, I assume you agree with that. Oh, I completely agree. Projections are a necessary part of the process, but they're not the whole process. You need good game theory. You need to know how to use the projections to build good lineups for the types of contests that you're entering. Yeah. It, uh, ownership, leverage. Um, you know, one thing I do is every, I, I do it a little different than a lot of people. I'll choose my quarterbacks and I'll look at ownership and I'll say, you know, like if the top owned guy is Kyler Murray and he's projected about 20% ownership, I say, you know, I don't want to, you know, it's very rare I want to be even weight on a guy. I either want to fade him some or be 2x to 3x. Um, so I'll pick out my quarterback room based on projections, uh, what the optimizer is telling me once I put in rules and and also leverage. So, um, we'll, you know, that's a, a different podcast. Uh, let's get into the best ball stuff. I'm a big best ball guy. I know you have your season long projections out there. Where can people find them? And when do you typically get them going? And uh, yeah, let's go start with that. Yeah. So, uh, uh, so this is the first year I've been doing season long projections for the blitz. It's been DFS. I think this is year five now, maybe, uh, but this is the first year doing season long. You can find them over at EV analytics. Um, it's a it's a great a great kind of newish website that I have you know a great relationship with. A lot of uh, the bat and the blitz's sports betting data is over there, and the season long football is there this year. Um, it's completely free. You just have to make a free account, and you you get uh, all the blitz's season long projections for every single player, every single stat category. It's got really cool filters where you can pick like your exact format. Your you know a standard league, a PPR league, a half point PPR league, uh, the number of teams in your league. Um, it adjusts for position scarcity. It, it adjusts for market dynamics. It's it's really cool. So if you haven't seen it, I think uh, I mean I'm biased, but I I think it's a really it's, really it's cool. also free this year. Yeah, it's free. <laughs> and uh, so you go over to EV Analytics, check it out. Um, any thought about getting it out earlier? I mean, best ball season starts in February, and it really takes off after the draft when all the tournaments come out. I know I'd be willing to pay a stipend to the Blitz um for for my season long uh best ball um any thoughts about doing it earlier next year yeah i think i only got it out maybe like end of july beginning of august this year and that was just because i've never done it before it took me some time to like set it up um you know because it's it's been designed for dfs so i had to design it to, to project the whole season so that took a little bit of time especially in the middle of baseball season but now yeah. that it's set up it's it's created it's good to go next year it's going to be out like right away 
Awesome. Well, I, when, when it does, uh, come back and we'll go into it in great detail so that people can learn more about it and use it. Um, I know I will be, um, because uh, one of the things that I talk about a lot um, is tears, right? You know, most, even the most archaic website, typically, if you ask for projections, they're going to give it to you in tears. Um, and I'm sorry, I, I usually have them on the screen, but since we're going to be sharing the theme, I printed these stupid questions. Um, right. So um, I always talk about how within a tier, I'll have about 25 to 35 points over the year as being in the same tier, right? And then, uh, I mean, do you think that's reasonable? I think that's probably reasonable. Um, for me, I don't always think about it in terms of tiers. I know that's that's really helpful for a lot of people, and I think it's totally fine to do it that way. Um, but as a projection guy, like you get an exact point projection, and and guys can kind of naturally fall into tiers. But uh, uh, sometimes tiers, are, I mean, tiers by definition are kind of an arbitrary, like uh, just separating of players when like you got to figure out where exactly that cutoff is. But if you have a projection with exact points, then you don't necessarily need that. You know, your pick comes up, you have, you know, the, the next couple guys on your sheet that are the most valuable. You can kind of decide from there. I feel like, you know, who fits your team best, um, you know, based on the projection, based on your roster construction, your risk tolerance, all that kind of stuff. So uh, yeah, I mean, I think tiers are yeah, totally it, fine, it, but I, 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 I think like maybe I just organically do it in my mind a little bit. I, I, that's kind of how I do it. I don't sit, you know, I just like what I'll do when I'm on the, uh, you know, after I make my pick, the first thing I'll do is go to the queue and I'll add all the players that I think I would want to take with my next pick. And then I'll count to make sure that I have enough guys in the queue to get to my next pick. Once I get there, I like to mix things up and that's more, it's not about the tears as much as about um, to me, if you have players, as you said, rated similarly, that five or six guys, um, the difference between the guy you might have highest rated out of that group and lowest rated out of that group, the difference over a 17-game season per week is only one or two points. Um, the risk of injury in the NFL, to me, is worth more than one or two points a week. So what I end up doing is I come up with a bunch of tiebreakers, uh, bye weeks, stacking, uh, exposure itself. Uh, if it's a tournament, you know, it, it, how does that correlate during the playoff weeks? You know, is he playing someone? So that I can mix my exposure. I don't want 40, 50% of a guy that is projected maybe 20 points ahead of another guy and only end up with 3% of that guy. Does that make sense to you, Derek? Yeah, no, it, it totally makes sense. Um, injuries are obviously important and can be, you know, season enders for, for certain fantasy teams. So uh, I'm, I mean, they're, they're difficult to, to predict, you know, you kind of just need to assume that I think everyone has a chance of it. Um, but but that's kind of like the next frontier almost with with projections is trying to figure out like how to actually project um, injuries. So um, I think it really just comes down to, to individual risk tolerance. You know, if a guy is a, is a really good pick at his draft position, 
if you have 100% of them, he's still a really good pick in his draft position. It's just you're increasing your variance because you have so much of them. You know, whether you have 100% of a guy or you cap it at 50% or 20% or whatever it is, I feel like that's a very personal choice just based on, um, you know, your risk tolerance. Yeah. For me, as someone who's done best ball now for seven or eight years, you know, I've studied win rates and the lowest win rates every year are first round guys who get hurt, right? You'll get a win rate. I've seen them as low as 2%. Um, but on in general, a guy who gets hurt in the, in the first round, his win rate isn't getting above 5%. It's somewhere in the fours, right, on average. Um, so to me, you know, how much more do I like player A than player B that I'm willing to risk a 4% win? In, in other words, I feel like in general – the, because it's so close, you know, Kamara might get you 24 points a game and the guy and Derek Henry might get you 22 points a game. I, I'm, I'm willing to go up to 15% on, let's say I like Kamara more, um, but I, I don't like to go above that because the amount that I like him over Henry, it, 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 it tends, you know, if you've had 20, 25% of an early round guy and had him go out early, it's, it's, it really, you know, and you got 200 lineups and all of a sudden 70 of them are basic, you know, are basically dead. You're going to hate life. Um, <laughs> so that, that's the main thing. Anything else about projections for season long you think that people should uh, be looking at? No, I mean, I think we covered a lot. Um, you know, check out the Blitz at EV Analytics. I think the projections are uh, are really good. And I think the tools that they work with are really cool. They're very customizable. Yeah, I've looked at it. I'm a fan and um, really looking forward to you doing it next year. So I am going to um, show the screen now. Can you see that pretty good, Derek? I can. All right. So let me get over to it. So um, this is what you're going to see when you sign up for the Blitz. Over here where it has Derek's name, if you haven't paid, it's going to um, ask you to pay. Derek, how much does it cost for the Blitz over the course of a year? It's uh, $299.99 for the whole season. We're going to be adding a monthly and a daily option probably today or tomorrow. Okay. And, and that's pretty new, isn't it? Um, uh, we've, done, we've done the monthly and the daily, um, I think, just about every year, at least the last couple. Um, you know, you're going to get a better deal by buying the whole season, but some people, you know, they're, they're going to be traveling in November. So they just want to do it by month or, or, you know, they, they don't trust projections yet. So they just want to try it. Um, the only thing I'll say is if you're doing a smaller um, window of buying it, uh, don't rely on the results because anything can happen over a small sample. It's, it's very much about the process. Look at what you're getting with the system and uh, try to figure out how that's going to be incorporated into your process more than anything else, because the long-term results of the system kind of speak for themselves. Yep. And over here, um, there is a Blitz tutorial video done by Derek. Um, and now you'll go down to package content. And you see you get a, a wide variety of options. Let's start with standard projections. This is kind of the heart of what you do, correct, Derek? Yep. This is the, this is what it all started with before we added all these other fancy new features. These are just the, the main projections for every player. Yep. And on the top here, there's going to be some very helpful information. Uh, you're going to see that you can, you know, right now it's got all the players and all the categories. 
Now, uh, I know for baseball, Derek, you can take some of the categories out. I didn't see how to do that. You can do that. For, for, uh, if you, yeah, if you scroll up a little bit above where it says like DraftKings, FanDuel. Uh, yep. on, on the right-hand side of that bar, there's like three little lines on top of each other. There Click we go. That and you can, you can pick uh, which columns you want to show, and it will remember that for you so you can get rid of all the ones you don't care about. Um, you can filter by teams, by salary, by position, by slate. Yep. And if you're going to trust the projections, there are some in here that, because you really do want to be able to see the fantasy points and, that's the and, the points, thing, yeah. and, and the points per dollar. Uh, not that they're all the, you know, the everything right now, um, but, you know, but for the purpose of just having a quick look, that's something that's important. Um, in looking through the basic projections, um, you know, obviously this isn't everything that goes into running the, the projection, but it gives you some of the major ones, correct? Yeah, these are basically just the end result projections. You know, this is how many passing yards Patrick Mahomes is projected for. This is how many touchdowns. This is how many, you know, receptions a guy's projected for. Uh, what goes actually into calculating that final number that says Patrick Mahomes projects for 312 passing yards or whatever it is, Lots and lots of stuff goes into that, and and users aren't going to see any of that. That's kind of under the hood stuff. Um, but uh, this is kind of the end result of of all the calculations that the system goes through. Yep, and you'll see you've got past completions, past attempts, interceptions, yards, touchdowns. Uh, very important: the chance of getting a three hundred point bonus, rushing attempts, rushing yards, uh, and a hundred yard receiving for receivers. Uh, and this is one of my favorites because, you know, of course it's moving slow. Doesn't want to do it. Is that targets? Yeah. Hmm. And let me just uh, refresh real uh, that. Now it did it right when I refreshed. But maybe it'll move faster. <laughs> it was moving fine before. Um, so targets, right? That's something that is, if you just want to take a quick glance at, you know, this is what is being projected for each NFL player. So, um, you know, for receivers, targets are a huge part of everything. And in studying this, you can you can learn a lot. Uh, receptions, uh, reception yards, reception touchdowns. Uh, one thing I had a question on, Derek, was uh, short TTRG, deep TTRG. Can you explain them? Yeah, that's uh, that's short targets and deep targets. Um, it has to do with how the players used. You know, um, uh, basically, just uh, it helps it helps the blitz kind of profile guys a little bit, and it can help users kind of understand. Um, a little bit of the variance, you know, within a player, you know, a guy with, uh, you know, a lot of deep targets is maybe going to be a higher variance player because deep targets are harder to catch, but you get more yards for them. The chances of a touchdown are greater for them. So, uh, you know, just a, an extra little tool to kind of help people understand uh, the profile of a player, essentially. Right. And so, you know, and and uh, I mention it because a lot, you know, a lot of the content I see says, well, this guy, you know, he gets deeper targets, so you need to bump him. It, it, it's in the projections, okay? Yeah. You know, and one of the things that I wanted to talk about is, 
you know, sure, it's okay to tweak it. Like if I decide I want Devontae Adams and the optimizer after everything I've done to tweak it is giving me 18% Devontae Adams, and that's about what he's owned this week, and I want to get double Devontae Adams, you know, there's a few different ways to do it. One way is to tweak his projection up so that you get, you know, at least close to what you're hoping to get on him. Um, correct, uh, Derek? Yeah, absolutely. If you're in uh, if you're in lineup HQ, which is like Roto Grinders um, kind of lineup optimizer um, tool, the, you know the blitz will pl- plug right into that, and you can uh, manually adjust any project projections that you want. You can set um, artificial exposures to them. You know, you really want Devonte Adams in thirty percent of your lineups. Well, you set his minimum exposure to thirty percent, and and now now you have him in thirty percent of the lineups that it'll generate for you. Um, and and can you see this now? Yep. That that we're in uh, lineup HQ? Yes. Okay. All right. So we'll go through that in a little bit. Um, but um, th- this is uh, the Roto Grinders, and this is included with your purchase of the Blitz. Um, and there's a ton of great things. They're the first one right now that have percentage ownership out. And I was scanning through that before. Um, short targets and deep targets – that that's basically kind of remember we were talking about weather. It doesn't start at nineteen, mm-hmm. you know, at twenty, but nineteen at zero. Um, there, there, there's. It, it's not just you know like if you didn't know better, you could say, well, what about medium passes? Right. Um, I'm sure you built all of that into this. This is just kind of a representation of what's going on under the hood. Yeah, exactly. There, there's obviously an arbitrary cutoff between short and deep targets that get displayed, but in terms of all the under the hood stuff, it's uh, you know, it, it's a spectrum. It's blended. Yeah. All right. So, um, floor and ceiling. I don't see anything here. Is that something that will be here as we get later into uh, a week? Yep, that should be there now. But it's week one. Um, you know, I just got these up. There's still a lot of uh, a lot of tweaking to do to make sure everything's like good to go for the season. Um, so I'll make sure that those get populated, but those will have floor and ceiling projections for players um, all the time. As soon as I, I go in and see why why it's not populating right now. Okay, no worries. Uh, one thing I also like to do is I like to sort by salary, and uh, there is a way. Ah, here we go. So if you want to just look at all the running backs and who might be a good value for the money. So I like looking at it like this, Derek. So you can see the green for points here, but then you can see the green over here. And those people tend to be pretty good values. And they're going to be the ones showing up in the optimizer, I imagine. Yeah, generally speaking, obviously, every week's different. You know, it depends on who else is available at the position and other positions. But, you know, green is good. High fantasy points, especially combined with high point per dollar, is generally going to make for a really good play. Yep. And then um, I could, you know, I was looking at wide receiver earlier. Come on. <laughs> there we go. All right. So wide receiver, because of the fact, I I think that wide receivers have a higher uh, 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 more variance, you're going to see more green as you go down. Yeah. Also, also too, you know, I think you're on DraftKings. like you get the, the full point, the full point per reception 
on DraftKings. Correct. So that's going to make wide receivers project uh, better relative to running backs than they would on on FanDuel or on a you know a site that doesn't have full PPR. I know the last time we talked, you were more of just a cash game football guy. Um, have you been doing any personal um, GPPs? Um, any any multi multi you know mass multi entering? Uh, no mass multi-entering, but last year I did about halfway through the year. I started doing um, probably two or three single entry lineups per week, um, just kind of working on, because like you said, I've always been a cash game guy, but um, I understand that GPPs are the more popular format. They're over the long run, you know, the more lucrative format if you're if you're good at it. Um, and so, uh, so I want to try to, you know, work on those skills a little bit. So I was building, um, you know, a couple of what I thought were really good GPP lineups using, you mentioned Blender earlier, using the the concepts in Blender's book and, and asking him for advice on a, uh, on occasion to try to help me figure out, uh, make sure I'm thinking about things the right way. So yeah, last year I started dipping my toes in a little bit with that. I, I highly recommend uh, Blender's stuff. Definitely. Um, uh, you know, if you really want to understand what this is all about, that's the, that's the guy to follow. Um, so I, um, a question for me. Well, one thing I wanted to mention on that. Remember, I was talking about my really good year. What I was doing basically was making a cash game lineup, and then making sure that I had a stack in it. And that would be my, you know, because a lot of people throw their single entry lineup into cash games. I mean, their cash game lineup into single entry. I took that a step further, and I made sure that I at least had a stack. And then I would play uh, both cash and single entry with that. And I did very well. Um, you know, it, it, it seemed like, you know, when, when, the, when my quarterback wide receiver combo hit, I would win almost all my cash games as well as having a really good week in single entry, Derek. Um, just thought I would mention that. It's, it's just enough, you know, to take it from, uh, you know, to sing, you know, from, you know, give you that little bit of variance. Um, and there, you know, there could have been one or two other players. So um, where was I? All right. Is there anything else on this screen people should be aware of? Uh, I think we kind of covered it. You know, there's a lot of data. You get a projection for every single category that you, that you get points for. You see a projection for every single player on the depth chart, even the guys who you don't care about that are going to get one target every three weeks, they get a projection. Um, so, yeah. All right. So this is the Blitz injury report. You can see there's uh, some verbiage up, up here. Obviously, early in the week, it's not going to be, um, you know. Oh, I remember the question, the reason I was stumbling a minute ago. Um, have you put much thought? You mentioned wide receivers, and it made me wonder. Um, the flex on DraftKings, do you have a uh, – favorite position to put into the flex or do you kind of just look um you know week by week it's always going to be you know slate dependent but in gpps generally speaking wide receiver is, is what you should be doing in most of your lineups maybe the occasional tight end maybe the occasional running back but probably just mostly wide receivers in cash games, there's a lot of people that tell you you have to play a running back in your flex. In cash games, they're safer. Um, that is really overblown and not even necessarily true. Um, 
generally speaking, you will have a running back in your flex and cash games, but I more and more, I'm completely fine with wide receivers. If that's where the value is on a given week. Yeah. I, I feel the same way. I typically don't like tight end in the flex. Um, but now I've, I've found uh thank to Drew Dinkmeyer. I, I, I found a rule that will make it so that only certain tight ends can end up in the flex. And I think that's good. Um, so basically here, what we're seeing is the status, the player, and what, what the assumption that the blitz is making at this point. So Gabe Neighbors, not that you would play him anyway right now. He's inactive. Officially out, these guys down here. This will change as the week goes along. Um, I think uh, Evan Engram is kind of doubtful right now. I saw a report today. Um, yeah. Is there a way, though, to kind of yourself, let's say, you know, you have a secret source and, you know, you know, the blitz has him as questionable. You know, he's out. I guess what you would do is you would just uh, you would just take him out of the uh, the rotation. But I mean, this is just to show you what is going on under the hood. But there's no real way for the user to tweak it, correct? Right. Yeah. So this is helpful because, you know, you have, uh, I don't know, last year, Joe, Joe Mixon is questionable or doubtful. And, and you, you think, okay, well, if Mixon's out, maybe Giovanni Bernard's going to be a really good, you know, a really good play. So you can come here, you can see how the blitz is projecting Joe Mixon to get context for Bernard's projection. Either he's being projected um, as the backup if the, if Mixon's being projected in, or he's being projected as the starter if Mixon's projected out. Unfortunately, there's no way for users to really customize that at the moment. I know there are, I think, maybe some places that kind of let you do that. Um, I'd like to find a way to do it with the Blitz. The, the biggest problem and challenge is just that the Blitz is so complicated. It's not a, a basic model the way a lot of other ones are out there. Like, it's so sophisticated that um, in order for someone to be able to say, okay, well, Mixon's out and Bernard is in, the Blitz would have to run a whole bunch of things to, to rerun it to see what Bernard would project as as the starter. So, uh, you know, right now there's not an easy way to do that. Yeah. So if you're an MME guy like I am becoming, um, you know, it, it becomes crucial to right up to about 1145 every day, check back to see the updates and do another run after the final uh inactives because Derek is going to be busting his ass uh, right around when the inactives come out to make sure that the final product is correct. Yeah. There there's updates that come throughout the entire week. You know, anytime we get a report that a guy is doubtful or out or whatever, um, not too long after that, the projections will adjust for it. And obviously on Sunday, right when inactives come out at, I think it's 1130 Eastern time. Um, I'm at my computer looking at the inactives adjusting the usage of every single player on the whole roster, even if it's a little guy who was only projected for one or 2% of the targets, like all that's being accounted for so that everybody who's actually playing is getting a projection and they're all working in harmony with each other, all, all the players on the team so that the targets always balance out to hundred um, percent. So, uh, I mean, I think that that alone kind of sets the blitz apart a little bit in that it's really on top of, of who's active, who's playing, what everyone's role is. Yeah. And, and, and and again, you know, if you have an optimizer with all your rules, my only issue is I like to run by by quarterback, you know, to get even a better mix, uh, you know, make, you know, there's nothing worse than running 100 teams 
and having 10% of a guy who's going crazy. And then you have six quarterbacks and one of them is going crazy. And then you go look at that quarterback and none of that player who's going crazy is in any of those lineups. <laughs> so I like to run uh, my sets. I think Blender does it this way too. Um, I run my sets by quarterback. Uh, so you really have to be ready at 1145 um, to, to rerun on any changes. We do have a couple questions. If you guys have questions, Derek is gracious enough to be willing to stay a while today. So we'll get to your questions. The first one is from SDP. Will the Blitz have super draft projections this year? I think I can answer that because it's already in the, uh, the notes, but go ahead, Derek. Yeah, the Blitz uh, already has Super Draft projections. They're up there right now. You can look at the projections on the projection page. And uh, I think in Lineup HQ, you can plug the Blitz in and uh, and build lineups for Super Draft also. Quinn Williams has a question. I've subscribed. Oh, a comment. <laughs> Not really. I've, subs- <laughs> <laughs> I've subscribed for seven years. The Blitz optimal in cash games alone over the course of the season will pay off your $300 investment. Thank you, Quinn. Um, I, I do think that we should make a caveat, though, that, Derek, your cash lineups are not just straight running the optimizer, correct? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people um, just like to run an optimal lineup, and you can do that. But I tend to discourage it a little bit because um, a projection system is a lot more than just the, whatever it is, the eight or nine players that happen to fit best together into one lineup. And the difference between the top optimal lineup and the, you know, 50th optimal lineup might be, you know, half a point. Um, Realistically speaking, practically speaking, there's going to be very little difference long term in those lineups. And I put an article out a couple of years ago that showed it. The the difference in in ROI between the number one optimal and the top five, the top 10, the top 50, I think it did the top 100 or 200. Very minimal. They all did well long term. So uh, you don't have to just play the top optimal lineup. Um, if you like the second lineup or the third lineup or the 10th lineup better, uh, go ahead. If you want to lock in a guy or exclude a guy, um, you know, as long as it's not something crazy, as long as it's something that the the projections as a whole, you know, like, you know, feel free to lock in, lock in a guy that's not in the top optimal lineup and play him in your cash games. Like that's fine. Yeah. And, and the way you would do that, just to be clear Uh, and this is another blender thing, is you run the projections before you put in any rules. Um, If you do, you know, and, but for cash, let's say you run, you run it, right? And then you say, well, I want to make sure that Christian McCaffrey is in any, um, Christian McCaffrey is, has to be in, I want him to be in my cash lineup today. So let's say you run, but you always want to run without Christian McCaffrey first and see what those scores are, the range. You know, Derek said a half point to a point. You know, let's say the 50th lineup is 147 points and the first one is 150 points something. Then you say, all right, Christian McCaffrey, I'm going to throw him in. Run it again. If your top optimal is 136 points and your bottom one is 133, that's a really bad idea. Okay, I don't care how much you like uh, that player, you don't want to bleed that many optimal points, right, Derek? Right, exactly. I mean, I think in that scenario, what are you losing? About 14 points by locking him in off of the actual top optimal? That that's too many. 
But if it comes in, you know, it's a half a point lower or a point lower, uh, go ahead, play that guy, play that lineup. That's that's great. Exactly. And, and, and especially if you want to throw it into a few single entry lineups, um, you got to figure there's other people out there who are going to be doing the number one, number two, number three lineup. If you want to play some low dollar single or three entry lineups, you know, go through, find one out of the top 50 where you're not bleeding too many points. Um, I would recommend one with the stack. Um, and he's saying that he'll play one that has higher ownership, which I think in cash games can make sense. You know, if the top optimal lineup has, has a couple guys that are really off the board um, and the second lineup has a couple of chalkier guys, like in cash games, you can play the chalkier guys, you know, because that's like taking game theory into account is, is important as well when you're building lineups. Exactly. Basically what I was trying to say. We do have one other question before we get back to the product. Um, I can answer this one. Does the Blitz come with ownership or do you need to have RG premium? I believe you need to have RG premium. You do. Um, ownership, I don't have anything to do with. It's a, it's an RG premium product. They create it. Um, if you have the Blitz and RG premium, you can see them next to each other in lineup HQ. You can use them together. Um, but you would need both in order to get um, that ownership field. Otherwise, it's going to be that column just going to be blank. Um, hopefully yeah, and, next and year I'll, I'll have their own, but for now, for now I don't. Yeah, and, and I've got more than one subscription. You know, I I use one other site that has uh, projections. You know, um, and 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 uh, I I'm going to be using a different optimizer this year. But I did buy RG Premium. I do like a lot of their features. And I, I, I think, again, if you're really trying to make money at DFS, investing in uh, at least two products and one with ownership is is pretty crucial, Derek. Yeah, I would agree. Ownership is definitely um, an important part of the process, especially when it comes to building GPP lineups. All right. Let's get back to the offerings and um, game level factors. I like these. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, you know, this is the listen, dummy, don't don't double dip portion of the show. <laughs> um, basically, you know, someone will say, well, I've got Derek's uh, projections on, you know, da, 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 da here. And, you know, I I I but I I want to account for the fact that they're a heavy run heavy run script, uh, or a neutral pace, or a fast pace, or the wind, or any of these. It's all included in the projection. And what's great is you can go in and you can learn some things because I do think some of these do apply if you're going to like I do build a quarterback-based build. It's nice to know that it's a fast-paced team, but what you don't want to do, Derek, is double dip and over-account for something that is already being accounted for. Yeah, regardless of what projection set you're using, whether it's the Blitz or somebody else, it doesn't matter. You want to understand what goes into the projection so that you're not accounting for it twice. You know, the Blitz accounts for game script. It accounts for team totals. It accounts for wind and weather and pace and all that stuff. So if you're looking at the projection, you're saying, well, I like this guy. The Blitz doesn't like him as much, but I know that the game's going to be really fast paced. So I'm just going to bump him up. Uh, you're double counting because the Blitz is already 
the blitz already knows the pace of the game. It's already projecting it, already accounting for it. Um, and so everything on this page is already going into the projection, but it's cool to look at because it can help you understand the why behind the projection. Why does the blitz like or dislike this guy that I had a different impression of, you know, on first glance, like, and you can kind of go and see, and you can say, oh, well, the game's in a dome. There's no wind. Oh, it's two fast paced offenses. You know, the blitz is projecting extra plays for that game. So all the players in that game are going to project for more points and you can kind of go and see exactly, um, you know, why, you know, the different factors that might be going into it. Um, and also kind of use this, I think a little bit for, uh, for GPPs as a measure of upside or downside. Yeah. And things like targets, right. And pass percentage and run percentage. If Vegas changes the projection, all these things are going to automatically adjust, correct? Yes. You know, the, the blitz, uh, uh, the bat updates every five minutes for baseball. Um, but for, for football, it updates, you know, whenever I run it, which is usually once or twice a day throughout the week or so. Um, so once once there's a big piece of news, I'll rerun the blitz with that news and everything will adjust for it. What is target spread and 10% plus target spread? Uh, yeah, so this has to do with, this is kind of more, it was intended to be kind of a, a helpful thing for identifying um, uh, kind of stacks in GPPs, essentially. It looks at the distribution of targets within a team. So um, a lower for target spread, um, a lower number means that the targets are more condensed and a bigger number means that the targets are more spread out. Um, so like if the targets are really condensed, like, let's see, uh, what's a Minnesota last year. Um, yeah. Or like, like, uh, New Min England, Minnesota, yeah. uh, Minnesota's one that, you know, it, it's, Je it's the Jefferson Thielen show, but that was, that's almost more, um, more spread out because you have Jefferson and Thielen at the top with really high numbers and then everyone else kind of lower as a result. Um, so what the spread really talks about is teams that that spread the ball around a lot where they don't have that one or two guy that is eating up a bunch of the targets. It's just like everybody's getting the ball like 10 to 15 percent of the time. Like the Patriots do that a lot. They did it last the Browns. Year. Yeah. Who's that? The, the Broncos, you say? No, the Browns. Baker oh. Mayfield. He, he, he is, is that true? Is that this is a low number? Uh, Odell and Landry got, got both were getting 20% of the targets, 20 to 25% last year. Oh, were they? Okay. Yeah. Um, but again, that's what this will tell you. It'll tell you kind of the teams that are going to spread the ball around a lot. And if a team is spreading the ball around a lot, they might be tougher to stack because you don't know who's going to get the ball on any given week. Um, if it's a team that has a wider spread where they have a couple big guys and a, and a bunch of guys at the bottom, you can stack them easier because you stack the quarterback with the two big guys and, and you have a, a better idea of where the ball's actually going, so they're easier to stack. All right. I want to make sure I understand this. So let's sort this. The number one up top is Tennessee. So would Tennessee be good to stack or bad to stack? Tennessee would be good to stack. They're going to have a widespread because they're going to have A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, and they're both going to be getting 20 to 25% of the targets every week. So you would stack them with Tannehill, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, and, and that's your stack. And obviously there's no hard and fast rules. You can stack however you want, but it's just to give you an idea of how the teams tend to distribute the ball. Yep. So the, 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 the more green it is, the better. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For, for the most part. 
It, it means tighter distribution, better for stacking. Uh, wider distribution, better for stacking. All right. Why am I? Why, why am I not getting that? Uh, okay. Let Let's say that on average, every single player in in the NFL gets twelve percent of the targets on average. Correct. Um, so a team with a tight distribution, guys are going to have. There's going to be a bunch of guys with 12, some guys with 13, 15, 9, 8. They're going to be very tightly around that 12. A wider distribution is going to have a guy at 25, a guy at 20, a bunch of guys at 1, 2, 3. Um, does that make right, sense? So it, it, it was words because typically among the people I hang out with, when we say a tight distribution, it means that the quarterback is going to throw to – only a, a tight group of people. Right. What you're saying is it's a wider distribution from the median. Yeah, I'm talking about it in the mathematical sense where we're talking about a standard deviation kind of thing where I it, got it now. Yeah. But but we're we're saying the same thing. Correct. Yeah, now we are. I I th- that was what was throwing me. All right. So um 10% target spread, 25% target spread. Um I think I know what this is, but why don't you explain it? Uh, the 10% target spread is the same thing as target spread, except it's only looking at players that are going to get at least 10% of the targets. So of the guys who are going to get most of the targets, how condensed is that target tree? How wide is the target tree? Um, yep. Uh, 25% plus TRG means that there's one guy on this team who's going to have 25% or more. Yep, exactly. All right, got it. All right, this um, is fascinating. We probably could do a show just on this screen. Um, yeah, there, there's a but, lot. And this isn't for everybody. Like if you're using the Blitz and this is overwhelming to you, you never have to look at this page and you will be just fine. This is for like hardcore people who kind of want to see this stuff. So uh, the Blitz really, it tries to cater to everybody. It can make it really easy for you or it can give you lots and lots of extra data to kind of work with and uh, – you know, and understand things better. So it's it's all kind of what you want out of it. Right. Uh, but in general, if you take a quick look and look over here, the, the more green in general, if you're thinking of stacking the Niners, um, you know, it, it, this is going to say that, yeah, hey, uh, there's going to be three guys with a 20% target share. Let me figure out who, who those three guys are. It's probably Kittle, Ayuk, and, and Debo Samuel. And then, you you know, if you're stacking them with Jimmy Garoppolo week one and you've got a strong stomach, um, you can make a rule two of one of the two of those three in every Jimmy Garoppolo lineup. And and you know that, you know, you're going to get those guys are going to get the, the looks. Yep, that that's exactly it. All right. I think I'm in love <laughs> with that. Um, the next page is literally just as interesting. And again, the bigger point for those who might not be using the Blitz or aren't big GPP MME players is that, you know, again, that all this is in the projection. So you don't want to double dip. Right, Derek? That's the, I know we said we weren't going to do that, but the, the most important takeaway from any conversation about, modeling is you don't want to double dip. Yeah, that's exactly it. Understand what goes into the projection and what doesn't. And, uh, you know, if you trust the projection, then you don't need to account for things that it's already accounting for. 
All right. So what I love here is I was doing this manually by hand last year. Smash percentage. Why don't you explain to people what that is? Yeah, smash percentage is um, essentially a measure of of the player's chances of doing really well that week uh, for his salary. So it's kind of like uh, when you sort by point per dollar, except it accounts for the fact that um, uh, that um, more expensive guys are generally going to be better players. And so if you get um, you know three times value out of Christian McCaffrey that's going to be worth a lot more than if you get three times value out of, you know, the fifth wide receiver on the Patriots, you know, that, that guy, you know, three times value, you know, at, at three K, you know, you're getting a, uh, you know, whatever, 15 points or you no know, nine points. Um, but if you're getting three times value out of McCaffrey, you're getting, you know, whatever, uh, I don't know, 30 points or 40 points or whatever it is. So like basically it accounts for, it's basically point per dollar, but accounting for uh, salary and kind of what you need at each salary point to be considered, you know, kind of a GPP, you know, winning performance. Yep. And I am going to do something now. I'm just, uh, I'm doing it the way the blender taught me. And I think it's a little different. All right. Do you know the math that goes into that? Um, yeah. I mean, it's somewhat arbitrary. Let me see. If you go to the bottom of any page, there is um, a button. It's orange. And it says like legend or glossary or something. And that will explain any column for you on any page. Um, so you will always be able to know what something is. So smash percentage. Um, it's defined as three times salary value plus seven points for DraftKings or three right. times salary value plus two points for FanDuel. The raw point addition right. is to account for the fact that three times value for a very cheap player may not really be enough to win a GPP with. Raw points matter too. All right. So I was doing it right. And then um, let me go back because we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna bring in another page to show you this. And I think it's, I think it's one of the more helpful things um because what ends up happening is it's it's your chance of having a gpp winning score basically is what it's saying right to, to crush value you this guy needs to score x number of points three times right. seven all right Percent, so exactly. i'm doing josh allen right now 7400 times three is 22 two then you add 7,000 and you get 29.2. And we'll come back to that in a minute. Um, but I, I, it's one of the more important things that Blender pointed out to me um, because it's almost like the uh, it, it ties into something else, and I'll do that in a second. Um, I also think uh, the top three percentage, the top five percentage, the top 10 percentage um, is also pretty important Um especially when you're looking at salary. Yes, exactly. Um, and, and these are pretty much exactly what they sound like. It's the percentage of time that they're going to finish in as either the top score, in the top three, top five, top 10 uh, at their position. Yep. My daughter's trying to get me. Hold on one second. <laughs> All right. 
So, um, 75th, 90, 99th. All right. One thing I didn't understand was tilt bias. Um, there's nothing here right now. I'm guessing that's because this is week one. Yes. So tilt bias is going to start populating after week one. Um, it's essentially mathematically what it is. It's uh, the percentage of time that a player has either over or underperformed his projection. Um, and so a guy who has underperformed his projection for several weeks is going to have a very high tilt bias score because it's very tilting to roster this guy. We keep rostering him. He keeps underperforming what he's supposed to do. And he's, it's very frustrating. Um, and this kind of can help us understand um, our own biases about players and the public's biases about players. If a guy has a very high tilt bias, he's going to, it's, he's going to be the kind of guy that the public is going to be like, Oh man, I don't want to roster this guy again. He does nothing. He sucks, blah, 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 blah. Um, and, and that kind of thing can create edge in DFS because if a guy has been underperforming and he's just been getting unlucky, his ownership's going to go down because people aren't going to want to play him because they've been burned by him. They're annoyed by him. They don't think he's good. Um, but the projection is objective. The projection knows exactly how good the guy is, or at least it hopes to know. Um, and so this can help us identify in GPPs, the types of guys that might see deflated ownership because the public just is sick of them. Yeah. And, and I think that is, Man, I am going to be loving the daylights out of that because I've been doing that by just my by my head, right? You know, um, you got to zig when other people zag. One thing that, you know, you you and I have talked about, even in baseball with 600 at-bats, I think you told me it would take like 15 years to, to actually have a representative, uh, uh, you know, I lost you, Todd. What? What's that? I lost you for a second. Um, okay. You can cut out. What'd you just say? Six hundred. I at said. Bat. I I said with. Am I there? You are now. I lost you again for a second. I don't know if it's on my. I know. Here. All right. So the main point that I was trying to make there is small sample size. Even in baseball, you consider five, six hundred at bats a small sample size statistically. In uh, you've mentioned that before. Uh, see, I do pay attention. And um, and the NFL with only a seventeen game season, you know, it's really easy for a guy to have a couple bad weeks, not pay off value. And then what happens is, as his ownership and his success goes down, not only does his ownership go down, but his salary goes down as well because yeah. he's been, hasn't been successful. You know, these sites, their, their model is looking to get it so that it's hard for you to figure out who to play. Um, so all the more, I think I'm going to be living on that tilt bias during the year because I've been doing – I think it's crucial – to, to, to have the balls to play somebody who just uh, hasn't done well in a small sample. Yeah. And, and that's, what's going to give people, people edge is, you know, getting over their own cognitive biases and playing a guy that other people don't want to play. Um, even though the projections say you should play him. And, and that, 
that just creates such an edge. And, uh, and this, this kind of helps us identify those guys a little bit. All right. Uh, King Cambo. Thank you. I agree. Derek rocks. Now we're <laughs> going to go back into, and again, if you guys have comments, I'm going to keep going back and looking for them. Uh, questions, things about like that. All right. So we did that. Uh, and we just did advanced GPP metrics, correct? Yep. All right. Let's go into stack projections. Um, and this is, it's some of this is covered in what we've already looked at, but this is just the whole, this gives you more columns, correct? Yep, exactly. I mean, every, everything is kind of displayed in different ways. So you can kind of dis decide kind of what, what it makes intuitive sense to you, how you want to look at these things. Um, but this kind of uh, uh, looks at every single possible stack combination and it calculates, um, you know, which teams essentially um, have the best stacks um, by their projection, by their point per dollar. Um, and then you can see what those actual stacks are on the other pages here. Yeah. And then, you, you know, and then it, the optimizer helps, you, you know, then you can go and look when you run your optimizer. And, you know, if you're using a different projection system, you could see Las Vegas. Oh, their chance is zero, zero, zero and two. Well, that, that might not be a team you want to stack week one. No, but like you look at the top, it's like the obvious teams. Like, okay, Kansas City is going to have a bunch of a bunch of the best stacks. Green Bay is going to have a bunch of the best stacks. But look at number five, San Francisco. San Francisco has 17 of the top 250 stacks after the top four teams, which everyone knows are really good. So like it can help you find like under the radar team. San Francisco is going into Detroit in week one. Last year, Detroit's defense was really bad. They're in a dome, which makes a big difference, especially if you're using the blat. If you've been using the blitz for any amount of time, you know that it likes weather. It likes domes because there's no wind in a dome. Um, and uh, and they have a high team total, and they have that condensed target tree at the top that we talked about with Kittle and Debo and Ayuk. And so, uh, so San Fran could wind up being a really good stack in week one um, that could potentially go under the radar. Well, and one that I was already interested in, I mentioned it to a friend of mine who poo-pooed it, uh, Carolina. Yep. Um, you know, uh, to me, you know, Sam Darnold's only $5,000. That allows you to have a really nice stack and you can include McCaffrey in some, not include McCaffrey in others. Um, that That's one that's real interesting to me, week one. But this is a great way to hunt for low-owned stacks, essentially. Yep, definitely. And then once you decide, okay, well, I want to run some Carolina stacks, well, you can click on, you can decide what type of stack you want, and you can click on it and see all the Carolina stacks. So if you want, you know, a, a QB plus two, that'll be a Q, uh, the quarterback and two of his pass catchers. You can click on that, and you can uh, and you can see all all the stacks that qualify or. The, the, the ones you should so be running. It, the it's the blue ones. You can't actually click on. Right, yeah, yeah. The, the blue links at the top there where yeah. it's like QB plus one, QB plus two, you know. Um, but the one you clicked yeah. on, that's QB plus two plus one from the opposing team. That's generally the best way to stack. And that yeah. will give you all the different combinations and how they, they grade out in terms of their points and their points per dollar. Yep. And then what you could do is if you want to build 10 lineups around this stack, um, and I don't know that I would recommend that based on the salaries of all these guys, um, but you could. Uh, it, it, there's certainly reasons for it. Maybe I should take that back. 
And then what you could do is you could lock those four guys in and run 10, and it'll give you the best 10 lineups with those four guys. Yep, exactly. And if you say, you know, okay, well, I want to see all the Carolina stacks. If you look at the the team the team column right next to it, there's a little drop-down box. Oh, yeah. You can click on Carolina, and it'll just show you all of – uh, no, next to team, you know, where it says all that little. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm on it. I'm just looking for Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. There yeah. We go. And it'll show you all the Carolina lineups and you can decide which ones you like best based on how they project based on the mm-hmm. dollars. And then you can run them through, through lineup HQ and, uh, and build your stacks that way. Yep. And honestly, for me, I don't know that I absolutely need the Jets in uh, in, in a Carolina stack, right? The, I, you know, I want, I, you know, what, I mean, I make rules where I kind of tell it which people to consider. Uh, but, you know, if you decide QB plus two, Let's say you you know you want to make one without the Jets. You just don't believe in the Jets. You think the San Fran, uh, uh, the, the the Carolina defense is just going to shut the Jets out, but they're still for the dollars going to score enough. You could then just do it like this. Did I lose you? No, I I, I got you. I'm. I completely agree. You know, that's, you're showing them how to do it. And that's, that's how it works. I think it's a, it's a really useful tool. All right. So this was the other thing I was talking about the blitz percentile projection. So this goes back to the smash. Yes. And the site I was using last year only gave you 25, 50, 75 and a hundred. So it was hard to do the calculations, but Patrick Mahomes has an 8,100 salary. And if you times that by three plus seven, that's 31.3. You can find where 31.3 is here. And that's why the smash percentage for him is 33.6 on the other page, because it comes in right, right there. Yep. That's exactly it. It all, it all works together. Lamar Jackson. Um, you know, his three plus seven is 30.1. Well, you go right there at 60%. That's why his smash is 40. So um, this is another way to do it. If you wanted to do it manually, I don't need to do it manually because Derek's doing it for me this year. Um, you just saved me about 45 minutes to an hour a week, Derek. Thank you. <laughs> You're very welcome. And this page uh, is cool because you can kind of see um, – you know, kind of what the range of outcomes is for a given player. And if a guy that you roster does really well of a given week or or does really poorly, you can kind of go and you can see, okay, well, what was the chances that that Lamar Jackson only scored 10 points this week? Like, oh, I rostered him and, and he, he busted. Um, and you can go and you can see, well, it was a, it was a, you know, a, an 18th percentile outcome. You got, you got really unlucky, you know, 82% of the time he should have done better than that. And you just happened to be in the 18% this week. Yep. So um, I want to ask you a question because my site doesn't, the site that I used to use allowed me to run projections at 75%, 90% or whatever. The one that I'm going to be using this year, hold on, let's see. 
it gives me the options of projected points, ceiling, floor, points per salary, and a couple things that you wouldn't. Um, if you were doing GPP, Derek, with your projections, um, is there one of those that you would feel best about doing the runs with? Um, I think you probably would be using uh, ceiling or ceiling projections or just the regular, you know, mean fantasy point projections. Um, I think either one's going to be fine. Ceiling is probably a little bit better for GPPs. I agree. And, yeah. And then if you're in HQ, there's actually um, two other um, sets of projections that it gives you um, that have to do with the defense because everyone hates defense. No one really wants to roster a defense. They feel like they're so random. And so there's two options to do with defense. There's yep. one option. I got that? it right here. Yep. Um, defense deflated, defense agnostic. Uh, explain what they are and uh... – Yep. So defense agnostic, agnostic means you don't care essentially. Um, so that will just, it'll basically give every single defense the same point per dollar point value. And you'll basically just get a random defense in every lineup. And uh, you know, for GPPs, maybe you want to do that as just a way to kind of randomize which defenses you're getting so that um, the optimizer isn't focusing on getting um, great point per dollar value out of your defense. If you don't think defense matters, well, you can make it so that defense doesn't matter at all while you're running your lineup. Um, maybe you think defense matters a little, but you don't want it to be like the primary focus. And that's where defense deflated comes in. That's going to be the defense's projection, um, basically uh, regressed halfway to the average. So it's basically saying the defense is actual projection and a league average defense, and it's going right in the middle. Um, so that defense, um, the, the variance in, or the range of defensive projections, instead of being like this, they're like this. So they, they're a little bit less important when it's building the lineups for you. Yeah. I, I, I personally, one thing I don't like when I do my runs is I don't like too many expensive defenses. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, and this is something uh, Drew Dinkmeyer goes over. Uh, but basically once you do your runs, you want to go through what the optimizer gives you and continue to make new rules and, and get out things that you find aren't helpful to winning GPPs. And that might be, you know, Derek's median projection or his ceiling projection for the New England defense, you know, a couple years ago when they were crushing it, might might have forced a lot of New England defenses into your lineup. And you might say, well, you know what? I think they're going to have like 20% ownership. I don't want more than 5% New England defense because I don't want this, you know, that could be an edge. Um, and then you run it and, you know, you can keep doing it until you get it the way you want. Um, I don't know if I said that real good, Derek. No, you, you said it exactly right. And that's what the deflated one is going to do. It's going to make it so that more cheaper defenses wind up in your builds because it's not prioritizing the the expensive defenses. And there's other ways you can accomplish that too. You can set, you know, the min max exposures. You can, um, you can set, you know, rules for your builds. Like there's lots of ways to accomplish these things. Um, yeah, and I think that's a lot of times, I think that's a lot of times what people don't understand about projections. They'll just run an optimal lineup and they'll be like, well, why isn't this winning a GPP? Uh, you have to tell it kind of what you need to do. Like the projections are the projections, but you need to build smart lineups using them. 
um, using game theory, using leverage and stacking and correlation and all, all that good stuff. Yeah. And you can go into player groups and create rules. Uh, I, I, I do know this one, but hmm, let's see. Oh. All right. So you could put in New England defense, Patriots. You could put in Patriots and, and, and you could make it so that, you know, uh, you, the Patriots only show up when you have a conditional player. That's one way to sort it more naturally. Like, um, let's say you only want the Patriots if you're going to have Damian Harris. You you know, that's the only time you want to have the Patriots defense because you think, well, they're too expensive. But you know what? If Damian Harris, the running back on that team, there is a slight correlation um, that that's that's one way, Derek, that you can build into uh, get defenses um, a little more sorted as well. Right. Yep. There's I mean, it, it's a great tool. There are lots of ways to to build lineups exactly how you want. Yep. And that's the most important thing. Um, you know, once you get the projections, understand the projections, Really, whatever site you use, re, uh, watch as many videos as you can on the tools and how to build lineups, and then put some thought into it. Do your runs, and then look at your lineups, and if there's clumping or if there's problems, keep making rules, keep doing things until you get lineups that, that you feel are really good lineups that also aren't bleeding points from Optimal. Right, Derek? Yep, exactly. All right. Um, there's also a Blitz show. Uh, why don't you tell us about the – there is a weekly show. Yep, every Saturday we're going to have um, a show. It's going to be me and Alex Dunlap and uh, Will Priester, Chief Justice, and we break down the slate for you. The show runs about about an hour or so. We go through all the all the uh, all the players that we like the best, the stacks that we like the best, the strategies that we're using that week. Um, it's, it's really great. It's entertaining. I feel like, and, uh, it comes free with your subscription. Yep. Uh, that's just, uh, an added value. Uh, do you take questions during the show? Uh, it's not live, so we don't take questions during the show, but we do have uh, a discord channel that subscribers get free access to. And I am always more than willing to answer any and all questions in there for people. Is that part of the, uh, Roto Grinders discord? Yes, so it's it's a it's a channel within the Roto Grinders Discord that you only get access to if you has a, if you have a subscription to the Blitz. All right, I wanted to make sure because I went in there today, and um, I wanted to make sure I had access to it because I'm sure I will have questions for you as the weeks <laughs> go on. Um, Derek, this was a tremendous amount of fun. Uh, hopefully, it was helpful to the people who might be considering the Blitz. Um, any final thoughts? No, just, uh, you know, I, I think obviously it comes with a lot of cool stuff. Um, it can be a little overwhelming at first, so take it slow. And if you have any questions with it, definitely let me know. Um, I'm always, I mean, I care so much about my subscribers. I want everyone to do well and I want to help however I can with that. So always feel free to reach out to me and, uh, and yeah, hopefully we have a good year. Yeah, and, and you also want to basically, if you're having a problem and you're not successful, make sure you ask a question that includes everything that you've done, right? Yes. For You know, it's like a doctor. 
you know, if you want Derek to diagnose why you're not doing real well when, you know, 80% of the people who have the blitz are, you know, you want to ask good questions so he can diagnose your problem. You might be just doing one little thing wrong that's throwing off the run. Uh, and Derek might be able to to uh, analyze it for you. That's exactly it. I think these projections are the best available anywhere, but they're not a magic pill. You're not going to, you know, just they're not going to hand you a GPP winning lineup every single week. Like you got to have realistic expectations and you need to have a good process with them. And if you talk to me and you say, okay, I haven't been doing well, this is what I'm doing. I might be able to say, okay, well, that's your problem. Stop doing this, this, and this. I had somebody about a week ago. He's like, I've been losing. I'm running 150 optimal lineups and I'm multi mass multi-entering them in the GPPs. And I've lost so much money over the last month. It's like, well, don't do that. Don't run 150 optimal lineups in a GPP, like build GPP lineups. So, um, you know, I'm more than happy to kind of help people work with them to try to identify uh, ways to improve their game, how they can use the projections better. Um, I, I love doing that. So always feel free yeah. to reach out. Don't, w- don't wait until uh, you've lost for a month to, to ask for help. <laughs> Um, and and then, you know, and that's where blender comes in. Right. And, you know, one of the things he said is, you know, he's really only looking for one big hit a year, right. You know, GPPs, you, he, he just recently won 117 grand playing MMA. I mean, that is pretty much his big hit for the year. So it's okay to lose at GPPs. Oh Um, yeah. One thing. One thing that I was real excited about last year is once I incorporated Blender, what Blender taught me into my own process um, and started using um, this, I would say out of the next nine weeks, seven of the different weeks, I had a team that had a shot to win a GPP. None of them did. In fact, none of them came in top five. So I ended up about even on the year. But I'll take that. Because I came in 36th in the Millie Maker. I came in 12th in um, in in the slant. You know, I've I had a couple three thousand dollar hits. Well, when you're paying eight hundred dollars a week, you know, three thousand, you're gonna go through it if you have a couple bad weeks. But the point is I felt very, very encouraged that I was consistently getting one team through. And that's how you have to look at GPP. And that's why Derek mostly plays cash, because that's not what he wants out of it. He wants to consistently, he knows he has an edge in cash, and he's more hes more looking to grind out profit. Uh, I think that's a pretty fair way to look at it. Yeah, it's all a matter of personal preference and, and how you want to play and risk tolerance. Because if you're playing GPPs and you're playing them right and you're playing them well and profitably, you're going to lose so often. You're going to lose so much. And that doesn't mean you're bad. You're doing it right. If you're, well, you could be doing well, it, it wrong. Mean, you, you it could it, be doing it doesn't it wrong necessarily often. mean you're bad. Yeah. Um, and, and, and again, you know, Blender's another one who's always willing to help. You know, I mean, I showed him lineups and he goes, why wasn't there correlation here? Why didn't this have this? Why didn't that have, oh, oh, well that, all right. I get, I thought I made good lineups. <laughs> and, and next week I made more rules and I made better lineups. So um, I, I, this is me wishing all of you good luck uh, building your lineups. Um, I, I, I've put my money where my, you know, I've made a big bet on the Blitz this year. I'm looking forward to using it. Derek, I really appreciate you coming on. 
Yeah, thanks so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. All right, that's going to do it, folks. I don't know when I'm going to be podcasting next. During the season, I will be uh, working with One Week Season again, but I'll be doing a recap show uh, based on the, uh, the process of the week. I'll be with my partner, Mark Garcia, Hilo FF. Um, uh, but other than that, I'm not on Saturday nights anymore, and it's kind of good, so I can work on rules and building lineups and tweaking, and I'm looking forward to that. Uh, follow me at Twitter, at BestBallNFL. Follow Derek, at Derek Hardy. Derek, we'll talk soon. Thanks so much. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen.